Hello, welcome to the Boxing News Podcast, The Opening Bell. I'm Editor Tris Dixon, joined by Matt Christie. Uh, Matt, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Yourself? Yeah, well, it would have been better if uh, 10 minutes ago we hadn't started this podcast and realised it wasn't recording properly. I know, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? It is. Um, so we got to um, think of uh, stuff to um, talk about that we've just talked about, so it shouldn't be too difficult. Okay. So, um, but you're keeping okay, though? I am keeping well, yeah. Yeah, certainly nothing to, nothing to complain about. Good. Um, you don't even want to ask. No. You don't even want to ask me. I know where this is going. I've just listened to this for 15 minutes. All right, then, let's just get out over and done with. Been anywhere lately? <laughs> I was actually in Las Vegas last week, mate. Right. And there was a show called The Moment. Um, right. Talking of Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good show, good week. Uh, obviously, it's great to be around fight week like that because, as you said the other day, when you were throwing all that Pacquiao stuff in my face, um, you it was know, relentless, wasn't it? It was non-stop. It was a barrage, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like I was in the ring with Chavez. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it's around fight week. You know, there's there, it's a hive of activity, not just Las Vegas, but there's uh, and not just like regular people, but there's fighters everywhere, there's trainers everywhere, and you know, every, everywhere you turn, it's there's something in connection to the fight, particularly this fight, because obviously that was one of the main objections around the time when you were over there for the Pacquiao fight was there was too much marketing around the Mayweather fight there. Yeah, yeah. And of course by the time I got there it cranked right up it was everywhere. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a good week. Enjoyed it. Highlights? Um, I could go on all day. I've got a feeling this, we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> Come on man. <laughs> Where'd you get up and go? <laughs> Come on then, let's, 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 let's yeah. Okay, first highlight. Yeah. I'd say the first three or four rounds of Mayweather Maidana. Um, because there was the feeling, obviously when you're watching a fight with an open mind, you start to think that the impossible can happen. Mm. Uh, particularly when Mayweather came charging out the blocks and Mayweather, you know, he does it, he, the way he rolls and slides and ducks and dodges and slips, He's very used to avoiding the conventional shots, the lefts, the rights, yeah. you know, the uppercuts, and you know, he can parry and you know, cross across his arms, and th- there's a lot of things he does. How he prepared or how he, how he sparred to get ready for Marcus Maidana's right hand that came over his earlobe and arced towards Mayweather. I don't, I don't know that Floyd had even prepared for that. Mm. I'm not sure that you can because um, it's such an unorthodox shot and when he started getting success with it well you think well how why would Mayweather know how to block that because no one else throws that shot mm. it's such a wild and wonderful shot but at the same time May, you know it's a shot that leaves Maidana open grotesquely yeah, yeah. sometimes um, so yeah the first three or four rounds of, of that fight were a, a definite highlight I then found that from around about the sixth onwards Maidana started to look a little bit one-dimensional and Mayweather went through the gears a little bit and just started to find things easier in there. Was there, was there any suggestion at ringside at, in the early stages prior to the halfway mark that Mayweather might all of a sudden have got old? No, I don't think so. And um, I didn't really speak to many of my colleagues ringside during the fight. I was sat, sat next to Jeff Powell from the Daily Mail on one side, and on the other side was, I can't even remember. 
Um, so yeah, I clearly didn't converse with them too much. Um, but no, and, and certainly my feeling was that even when Mayweather was under the cosh early on, he was boxing within himself. And I think that Maidana, he might have thought Maidana might shoot his bolt and then tire down the stretch because there's been questions about Maidana's stamina. But you've got to say, you know, Alex Ariza gets a lot of stick. But I spoke to him last week for the website. I'm not sure if you saw that bit, did you? Yeah, yeah, did you? And he said Maidana, he was never sure that, you know, one of Maidana's weak points was that he didn't know if he had the stamina to, to do 12 hard rounds. And, and um, that was one of the things that they'd worked on. It's given him the confidence that he could go 12 hard rounds with the work that he'd done. And so sure enough, he, um, sure enough they, they got 12 good rounds out of him. And, and you know, I've, I'm not sure there's anyone that I've seen Alex Ariza train who's run out of steam halfway through a fight. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I Second mean, highlight. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 go can, on. Sorry, can you not interrupt? I'm, <laughs> in, I'm in full moment flow now. <laughs> the second highlight, um, although it might have been the first one, just not in the order that I'm saying it, was um, I spent uh, a good few hours with um, Paul Williams, the former welterweight champion, uh, who's now obviously wheelchair bound after a motorcycle accident. Um, I had an incredible time with Paul that was full of highs and lows, some devastating lows and really moving ones. Um, and also some incredible highs. And, um, there's little I can say about Paul other than he's a complete inspiration. And that normally if you've got a tape of t two hours to transcribe with anyone, you would not necessarily savour the task, but I really can't wait to transcribe mm. it and listen to it all back, to be honest. Where was, uh, where, was he staying in the MGM? Yeah, he was at the MGM. Uh, I went to see him before the fight started on the Saturday. Um, and he was staying in a, in a nice suite on the 28th floor. He was actually there for the BWAA, the Boxing Rights Association of America, award dinner on the Thursday night. Um, and he was gonna head back on the Friday, but uh, they put him up until the Sunday. Um, I think it was just a nice gesture. I don't think he's hurting for money or anything. Yeah, but yeah. It was just a, just a kind thing. So that he stuck around and went to the fights. So yeah, it was good. It was it was a cracking trip, and you know, spoke to some really good people in boxing last week. It's great for the brand, you know, when we when you or I or or Danny or John or Paul when we're out there, because obviously it shows that we we have an international flavour, an international mm. pedigree, and a lot of people over there were raving about our Mayweather Booker zine, which was great. Yeah. So it's good to know that the work's being seen and, and that we're appreciated over there as well as over here, which is good. Definitely. Going back to the Mayweather fight though, um, there's a few people that were saying that Maidana deserved the decision. I didn't see that at all. Um, do you think that perhaps the, the people that were kind of up in arms about it wanted Maidana to win a little bit too much? Possibly, and there's, you know what, when you have fights with this, when there's a massive favourite, and I remember someone saying it around the time when um, Leonard beat Hagler, is, remember people thought Hagler was going to destroy Leonard, mm. and so every round where Leonard wasn't destroyed, people almost gave him that round because he did, they, he'd exceeded yeah, yeah, their expectations, yeah. and I think people had expected a Mayweather clinic, and every round where he didn't dish out a complete boxing lesson to Maidana, everyone thought, oh, Maidana's doing better than I expected, so maybe they'd given him the rounds on, the, on that front. I mean, personally, I didn't see it. I think the punch stats 
which you can't obviously use to, to win an, uh, um, an argument, but I think the punch stats reflected the fight, reflected the fight that I saw, that May, Maidana was wilder and less accurate, and um, Mayweather was more, econo more economical, but um, more accurate with his shots. Um, I also think Mayweather that did land some of the more eye-catching blows too, certainly to the body. I thought it was very mm. impressive to the body um, in the second half of the fight in particular. Um, so yeah, I'd, maybe they did want Maidana to win, um, but like you, I couldn't, I, I couldn't make a case for it. That said, when they first read out that scorecard, the draw, the 114-114 scorecard, there was a massive air of disbelief in press row, um, where people couldn't believe it. But then I thought, well, you know what? I mean, that was not exactly the one-sided clinic we saw against Canelo. No, not at all. So, and obviously, if you can get a draw in the Canelo fight somehow, like CJ Ross did, then you know this is going to be bound to be a lot closer, isn't it? Yeah. And it, you know, it was closer than that, but you know, so. The Canelo thing, though, it took my expectations for judging down even further than they already were. Um, and so when this scorecard was rendered, I kind of disbelieved it. And I thought, well, at least it's not as bad as the Canelo one. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't obviously make it right. You were out there, you and everything else. Who do, how do you feel? Who do you feel will be next? Or if you just, just give one name and maybe why? Maidana. You reckon? Yeah. I do, um, easy, it should be, in theory, the easiest fight to make. Um, they've both obviously just fought, and so September will come around fine for them. You know, they're both comparatively unhurt after the fight. Um, so I think September will be good for them. They've obviously, now they've done the first part, they will be keen to do the second part. You know, so they've, this is like a commercial for the second fight, isn't it? You know, so they've already got all this stuff already in the bank that they can use the second time around. They haven't got to introduce any new characters or anything mm. like that. There's obviously a little bit of controversy over uh, the final decision. Mayweather wants to prove that, or do, do it more emphatically next time. Maidana thinks that he won. So, you know, it just seems, it seems a very, very straightforward win-win for, for everyone concerned in that business end of it. Would I be fussed about seeing it? No, because I think Mayweather would would feasibly put on a clinic next time. Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, without wanting to go too much into whole Mayweather and his how aware he is of his legacy and what have you, if he has just got three fights left, there was no real doubt. Really, there's not enough doubt in this fight to to, to justify a rematch, in my opinion. He doesn't need to go over old ground when he can fight three people, which would make his le legacy stronger than it already is. The thing is, I, you know, I was thinking about this last night. You look at the opponents out there, and you, for me, I mean, I'd love to see him fight Golovkin, okay, I would. I'd love to see him test himself at middleweight. But then you've got to accept the guys, like 37, getting on for 37 years old or 37, and he weighed in under the welterweight limit for this. He weighed 146 pounds. And he's not anywhere near a middleweight. And ultimately, you've got to think of some safety aspects as well, um, of a 37-year-old gaining a stone to fight a bona fide middleweight who's actually even talking about fighting at super middleweight. Um, 
you know, the, as, as a boxing fan and, and as a journalist, I'd love to see it. But then I've, if I was Mayweather, I would turn around and say, no, you put on eight pounds and fight him, or 12 pounds and fight him, or 14 pounds and fight him. Um, because it's not necessarily a safe fight, and it's certainly, um, certainly a very risky fight for Floyd, but you don't see people clean up two divisions and then leap one or two weight classes if they're not even, like when he fights at light middleweight, he's well below the 154 pound limit. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that to an extent. Um, in the, and also we often forget that he came all the way from super featherweight as well. Um, and it is a huge leap. I know Pacquiao has kind of undertaken a similar, a similar jump in weight, but it's not, you know, people that, people that, that, that criticise viciously Mayweather for not jumping up to middleweight seem to forget too easily how far, how much weight he's already put on her and how much he's already, you know, jumped. But I would, I would rather than, anyway, get back to the point, I would much rather, and I know I've spoken and, and, and my report around Pacquiao Bradley was about the fact that I still believe that Mayweather and Pacquiao should fight. That's old news, really. Looks highly unlikely. I would still rather see Mayweather in with someone like Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, rather than Danny go, Garcia. Man. Danny Garcia, rather than going in with Maidana again. It'd be different if Mayweather was 30 years old. He wasn't making these retirement plans. Um, I just don't think that Maidana does anything for his reputation. I think the disappointing thing about Floyd, and sorry, this is where I was going before I went off on the Golovkin tangent, is if you even look at his class, which is very competitive, and there's some good fighters in and in around that weight class, is that there's not a Hall of Famer in there. Yeah. I can't see any of those guys currently at 147 pounds getting into the Hall of Fame down the line. And this is what people measure the true greatness against, you know, records against Hall of Famers. And if you look at Floyd's record. He hasn't fought many future Hall of Famers or current Hall of Famers. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to be holding him in the same esteem as some of the guys that are in there because of the level of competition. Not his fault, but that's the way things have worked out. Is it not his fault? Can you, well, can look, you say, I mean, can you say, listen, listen, even if he fought Paul Williams in 2007, even if he beat Margarito in 2007, if he fought Cotto two th in 2005 or 2006 when Cotto was really lively, Cotto, barring Cotto, none of those guys are Hall of Famers. No, but at least there'd be no argument that he'd admitted, there could be no argument levelled at him, that he, or accusation levelled at him, that he'd ducked. Yeah, but how many fighters in the Hall of Fame can you level those arguments at? You can say, oh, so-and-so didn't fight so-and-so. But not, not as many as Floyd, surely? I mean, no. with the guys he wants to be compared to, the Robinsons, the Arlees, that's, that's where he sees himself. Any of those guys, you can't accuse them of ducking as many people as you could accuse Floyd of ducking. No, that's, a, you know, that's, a very, that's not, not just a fair point, that's correct. But, you know, ultimately, whether he ducked them or not, he didn't duck any guys that were that are bona fide Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, who 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 is there between one forty and one fifty four that will get into the Hall of Fame? Especially now, Cotto and Martinez both moved up. I mean, the fight I kind of would like to see would be him to fight the winner of Cotto and Martinez at middleweight. And I know I've just said what I've said, but then. Cotto and Martinez are small, like middleweights, and obviously he's beating Cotto, and that was a good fight. Um, but if Martinez wins, I wouldn't be averse to seeing that. No, 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I just think. I, I, but, just, I just think we're just a bit too. We're being a bit too forgiving of him because of his age and everything else, and the fact that he's a small-ish welterweight. But he's already competed at light middleweight. Yeah, he's the one that calls himself the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. He has to live up to that. TBE, I, I, Matt, come on, get on. Well, exactly, the best ever. It's, 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 a, it's a horrendous title to give yourself. When, but there are still fighters out there, are still opponents out there where he could start to live up to that tag a little bit. If he was to, finish, if he was to round off his career with Pacquiao, Golovkin, I don't know, and whoever the emerging star was for his final one, and he was to win them all. A lot of the fact that he didn't fight Cotto and Cotto was perceived to be his best, the fact that he didn't fight Paul Williams, a lot of that would be forgiven. Well, look at, it sort of reminds me of Kawasaki's WBO reign, <coughs> and then he finished with Kessler, Hopkins, and, and it's changed everything really, didn't it? How he was Exactly, perceived. exactly, and you sense that, it, that that was a conscious decision from Kawasaki, all of a sudden he put himself in a position to get those fights, Okay, the Roy Jones one at the end was, you know, novel two. It was a yeah, novel two. Yeah, it? yeah. But you sense that Kawasaki did have, did have a legacy in mind with what he was doing there. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, the other thing that I'd say about p potential Floyd opponents is I would rather see him fight someone who hasn't already found his ceiling. So against Maidana, we yeah. say, well, he beat, you know, Khan beat him on speed and. And um, you know he was given a tough fight by, or you, you know, soundly outboxed by Devon Alexander. Um, different things you could say. You can always go back to, especially after a fight, and say, oh well, he'd already done that. He'd already lost there. He'd always, we'd already knew that. It would be good against someone like a Thurman or a Porter. Even if, even if he fights Sean Porter now, it'd be like, oh well, he drew with Juan Diaz, so you know he's not that. Against someone like Thurman or Danny Garcia, who've beaten the stars put in front of them then there's no, there's no harm in Floyd finding out or being the ceiling for them. Like he was for Canelo, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, th I, think, I think perhaps in time the Canelo win might enhance Floyd's reputation somewhat down the line if, if, if Canelo comes back and he's dominant at like middleweight for the next five or six years. Yeah, maybe, but I'm not sold. But yeah, I know what you mean, definitely. So, some interesting stuff anyway. And I mean, obviously we've got to talk about Amir Khan. Yeah. Who, um, who dazzled against Louis Colazzo and you know something I've called his career best performance because um, Colazzo myself included many thought would be a banana skin I didn't think say that Amir would 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 slip um, but I didn't anticipate the level of dominance he showed and and his control defensively I thought was very very good generally you've been you've been ringside for for um, you know for pretty much the whole of, of Khan's career um, and there were signs with the fact that he'd lost two out of his last four, he'd lost his last two world title fights. He'd looked very rickety indeed in his last fight, which was 12 months ago. 12 months out of the ring, he's moving up in weight. There's question marks about his trainer. Did he answer all of those questions? It's hard, isn't it? It's very hard. I mean, he answers, he'll answer more questions if he can carry, carry that form over into another fight or another two fights. You know, he's looked good in one fight before, say like Andreas Katelnik, where he boxed to a game plan. Mm. And then, you know, sure enough, the wheels came off soon after. Mm. So it's difficult. He needs to be able to stick to that. He was obviously saying that the extra time in camp, bearing in mind it's been about 15 months since he fought, or sorry, 13 months since he fought um, Julio Diaz. Um, 
has benefited him because he's had a lot more time with Virgil Hunter, which is fine um, and understandable. But you know, there's still stuff that he sh that he was doing that doesn't take eight weeks in training camp to to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the key for Khan is just his self discipline and not getting engaged in tear ups when he doesn't need to. And you know, I think his best attribute defense uh, in offensively is is his speed. I think he's got overrated, and I think he overrates his own power. Um, I think there's a difference between explosive speed and explosive power. Um, and I think his best attribute is discipline defensively. But that's an attribute that's only an attribute if you mm. use it. Uh, if you don't use it, then obviously it doesn't count for anything. Because um, he's got to be disciplined, because we know that he's got to protect his chin. Um, and that's just, that's just the way things are, you know, and, and provided he can use the discipline and not get involved in tear-ups, but use his speed to try to win fights, he's going to be a pain in the backside for anybody. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's, he's a great addition to the welterweight ranks. With Collazo, do you think that, I mean, Khan was impressive, Collazo though was disappointing. Um, Very disappointed with Collazo. Very disappointed. I mean, this is a veteran who looked like he started to rely on one shot in the first couple of rounds to try to get the job done. Wasn't putting his shots together. And then he somehow tried to win by walking in with his hands down and not throwing punches. Yeah. And I mean, you just don't win fights like that. And round after round, it kept what ticked by and he kept coming in with his hands down. You're like, he didn't even give himself a chance. What's what's I mean I've I've seen I've seen Colazzo a few times recently and certainly not in with anybody like like Amir Khan but I've seen him at ringside and he wasn't really showing signs of being a desperate kind of veteran like he was in the Khan fight. What what went wrong? Uh, I think a couple of things uh, really. I think Khan was probably a lot faster than he'd ever thought. Um, he talked beforehand about Andre Berto's hand speed and how he was ready for fast hands. I think Khan's probably faster than Berto, um, certainly of foot as well, you know, the way he moves around the ring. And I think Khan's tactics, you know, when, when the guy's in close, and this is something you would have learned with Virgil Hunter, is that to frustrate him, you've got to lean on him, you've got to, you've got to not give the guy any opening. So he's leaning on him, uh, um, he was hugging him and, and pushing him off and doing everything that it eventually got Khan docked a point, but he's safer off doing that. That's almost sensible, you know, not getting a point deducted. But when he's in close, you don't want Khan to be standing in close quarters exchanging with, with a guy that can bang. So the best thing for him is to hold, and that was hacking Louis Collazo right off. <laughs> Does, would you like to see him in with Mayweather? We haven't mentioned Mayweather Khan yet. Well, the thing is, uh, yes, I would. Uh, I mean, if you think Mayweather's got, what, four or five fights left, are there four or five fighters other than Khan I would prefer to see him in with? No, Khan's one of the five I'd probably like to see him in with for no other reason than Khan's got this blistering speed and it brings a different code or a different key to this May Vinci code that Floyd talks yeah, about. Yeah. And it's a different type of key, so let's try it and see if it fits. Um, I think Khan, along with three or four, I think Khan, based on the win over Colazzo um, and his his skills, um, make it an interesting fight. Um, 
I don't think he. I, and now he's made. Now he's had this fight at welterweight and, and dominated. I don't think there would be the same level of outcry about him having the fight as there was beforehand yeah, when he yeah, had the fought yeah, at welterweight. Yeah. Um, in your absence last week, um, Danny Flexen and I did um, we did the podcast, and something that Danny said um, was he thought, if I remember rightly, he thought that Khan Mayweather would happen if Khan came through and he won, but he didn't look too good in the process. Do you think Khan may have shot himself in the foot by looking quite so impressive? No, not at all, because I still think Mayweather thinks he beats Khan, because Khan's one of those guys you can look at and say, oh, well, he walked onto a Brady's Prescott shot, or he, got, he, bit, he bit and got caught up in the build-up to the Danny Garcia mm. fight. He's got, uh, um, he, he was genuinely beaten by Lamont Peterson over in Washington. So Mayweather's someone to say, well, hang on, I'm better than all those guys, so there's no way he's going to beat me. So it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me. It didn't matter what Khan did. I think Mayweather would still be very confident. He'd still be a heavy favourite going into that fight. Um, I think Khan did himself a favour. The only thing is now I can't see that fight going ahead this year. Funny enough, people only really started talking about it after the fight, maybe because it came into play a little bit more. But but Khan saying he won't be ready now till November because of Ramadan and re the replenishment of his energy levels after that. And Mayweather wants to fight in September, so maybe May next year, but, you know, maybe if you're mapping out Mayweather's future, you go um, uh, Maidana in September, which is easy and on tap, and Khan in May, and that's pretty much on tap now, providing Amir puts in another decent performance by the end of the year. He's talking about fighting in November, December. He's going to have to be matched carefully again, um, I don't say again, but I mean, you know, he's going to have to be matched carefully so that he doesn't slip up. But at the same time, he's also going to want to show some real form to kick on into a Mayweather fight. So it's going to be interesting to see who he is matched with in November, December. Yeah, it would be. I mean, ideally, um, you could, if you could pick up a belt and take that into a huge unification fight in May with, with, with Mayweather, that would be... That would in, in, increase the size of, of, of Mayweather Khan, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would. I think. It, I mean, I'm just trying to think of the champions left that isn't Floyd Mayweather, uh, Porter. Yeah, I mean, would they gamble against Porter? Probably not. Porter's got some Brook issues, hasn't he? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's go, it's going to be interesting to see um, see what direction they go. Will they bring someone up from like welterweight maybe? Mm. Um, so yeah, it'll be be interesting to see what they do with him, uh, for sure. But um, on the on that bill, what was what most surprised you about the bill that was the moment, as you sort of heard the results coming in? Um, I think Khan's the ease of Khan's win and the state of play at the halfway mark of Mayweather Maidana really yeah. was the most surprising. Um, I think that's fair enough. So you weren't surprised when Brono caused controversy with his dreadful post-fight uh, guys oh, press plank his knees. I, 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 I can't, I can't stand him to be honest with you. Um, he just doesn't do himself any favors. I was a huge when he was when he wasn't as well known. He didn't have this platform. I was a big fan of Adrian Broner. I liked what he was doing in the ring, um, but he's had this platform now for the last 12 to 18 months or so. And they've just created an absolute monster. He's gone out of control, hasn't he? Yeah, um, really, really horrendous human being. 
and you know we're in the privileged position to meet these boxers and the vast majority you know that the, the majority have got an ego of course they have they've got you know they've got self-confidence of course they have you have to if you haven't got that in boxing then you're going nowhere however the vast majority of gentlemen um, you can sit and have a conversation Broner there's very little about his character that, that, that's, that's likeable to invite you to want to get to know him any further but he's one of those guys who has obviously been brought up on on Mayweather and thinks that the more he gets booed the more relevant he is and it's a sort of sick way of looking at it but it's it's accurate you know like for the weigh-in that you know, last week at the moment right there was a, they had this massive weigh-in they opened up the whole the mgm grand arena as it sounded like deja vu yeah? <laughs> they opened up the whole arena and you know floyd got great cheers funnily enough Amir Khan got great cheers, but I think the loudest ovation was the booze for Adrian Broner. Well, you know, people, you know what? You know, people are intrigued, and they obviously want to see him get his head knocked off. I think they will. Maybe not, maybe not quite a decapitation, but I think in five years' time, Adrian Broner's career at the top level will be over. He'll, be, he'll have five or six losses, and he'll be fat. <laughs> he'll just be... Yeah, I, I can't see... Okay, he's, he's, it's easy to kind of criticise someone. Sorry, we should, maybe, perhaps we shouldn't criticise someone who, at uh, his young age, has won world titles in three divisions. But let's not start comparing this to like Henry Armstrong, for goodness' sake. Um, but you know, you know, he has. I'd, he, I'd love to have seen that fight. <laughs> but he has. But he's, he's achieved a fair amount. But but he's not going to be the next Floyd Mayweather. In the same way that that Floyd Mayweather is not the next Sugar Ray Leonard, um, it's I don't know, but Broner Broner bothers me, and there's nothing I've seen that convinces me that he is going to be a great in boxing. Can you do a feature on him for for the summer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Talking of features, Matt, you've got a um, a big and really interesting feature in uh, this current issue. Uh, it's worth the price of the download or the, the news or the newspaper sale itself. Um, with Paul Ingle, um, you went and visited Paul. Uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, encounter with the former IBF champion. Uh, it was a moving. It was a. It's, it's similar, in a way, to how you just you described at the start of the show about. Um, Meeting Paul Williams, um, I think there was, I was with him for about two hours. Um, he made me laugh, you know. He made me sad, um, but you know, you you sense that it's been a long, long. I mean, the, the headline is the hangover, and you feel like it has been a long, long hangover for Paul Ingle. But he's now starting to look into the future, whereas before you sensed his whole life was just lost in the past. Um, there's still a lot of talk of the past. It still obviously haunts him and it always will do because of what happened. Um, but overall I walked away from the meeting with Paul Ingle um, you know, fairly happy and you know honoured to have spent some time with him. Interesting. There's some great shots of him today as he is now. Um, not sure where we got the shots from. Uh, that'll That'll be my artistic eye. You took these, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Blimey, jack of all trades. Um, okay, 
Um, really good shots actually of, of him today, him in his belt collection there, but the, the one that really grabs the eye is the um, is that opening spread shot, which is really, really powerful. It's a great I, shot. I think uh, a lot of the credit must go to um, the designer <laughs> of that, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that was out in his um, that was out in his back garden. Was it okay? Yeah. Um, hmm. I think I think Matt deserves a special pat on the back there. Um, if you guys tweeted Matt <laughs> and put hashtag photographer to <laughs> at Matt C Boxing News, then he might might um, he might drop his pen for a few weeks and just take the camera out instead. But no, it's a really good, powerful shot actually, and can actually almost get transfixed in Paul's eyes. He sort of they do it's, it's that it's that old cliche, isn't it? A picture in a thousand words. Yeah. There's a real fighter there for sure. Um, so coming up this week, Matt, there's a couple of good fights. Tempted to call them 50-50 fights, really. Now, despite the um, the slightly one-sided nature of the first fight, uh, Bermain Stavern, my yeah. new buddy from Las Vegas, um, was up against. Uh, I spoke to him last week. There was a show called The Moment. He was in right. town. Really right. interesting guy. Um, I caught him just very briefly in the MGM Grand Lobby, actually. Um, and yeah, sorry, where was I? He's, fight, he's got a rematch with Chris Ariola. He contends. Uh, that he and Ariola are the top two American heavyweights. Uh, I think we probably both disagree with that, but do you see anything different this time from the first fight? Bearing in mind Ariola's only a narrow underdog. Um, you can get prices of um, Stiverne four to five on and Ariola five to four underdog. I mean, I'd have him maybe at two or three to one, I think, Ariola. Yeah, it was the, the first fight. I mean, there's no way, the, the first fight wouldn't have merited a rematch because there was any controversy or because it was particularly entertaining. It's just the whole governing body, the way the governing bodies work. Um, but, yeah, the, the, to, to me, it was the kind of fight whereas you would, you would automatically pick the same result again in the way that Styles, the Styles' worst event looked superior. Um, but obviously there's a train of thought. Ariola for a long time has been the has been the better known fighter, the more exciting fighter, um, infamously um, ill-prepared at times. Um, and you know, I think the argument here is that perhaps he took Stiverne lightly first time round and this time he'll be dedicated and we'll get to see um, the best Chris Ariola that we ever have. Um, it's, it's a long shot for me, um, but at least we will get a WBC champion and perhaps we will start to get some life flowing back into this heavyweight division that I've got so much um, affection for. Well, yeah, I mean, the IBF have now said that Kubra Pulev's got to fight Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. And without wanting to disrespect Pulev at all, because I think he is probably the most deserving contender out there. Yeah. He's got that win over Tony Thompson. Yeah. Um, I could see that fight being quite straightforward, but once that fight is out of the way, then that's where Vladimir is going to be. It's going to be. There's going, should be some fights with some intrigue laced. You're looking at the Fury Chisora winner. You're looking yeah, at yeah. Wilder. Um, you're looking at some of those other bigger guys, maybe even Stavern, where there's going to be a bit more interest worldwide. Um, and you think that they, you know some of those guys will have legitimate punches chances. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You would imagine, you would imagine that the winner of Stiverne Ariola would fight Wilder, 
Um, the winner of that, you would then hope, would fight the winner of Klitschko Pulev. And there's every chance that that could be over in America. I think that for me at the moment is, is what I would like to see. I would like to say Klitschko, go back to America. Can't knock what he's achieved um, in Germany, but it really does feel like the whole title has been hijacked a little bit um, and the world at large has been kind of excluded from this Klitschko party. Um, I think in order for him to to, to, to kind of get the attention back, he would need to go back to America. And for me, if, if everything works out as I would like, he will fight Wilder in Las Vegas. And I think that would be a huge, huge event. Okay, interesting. So by the way, Stavern with Betway is a strong seven to 10 on favorite. Wilder, uh, no sorry, Ariola, slight underdog at 11 to 10, with a draw price at 22 to one. But this weekend, um, don't mind uh, to admit, uh, be a very proud uh, Brit because we're going to get another cracking tear up. I think we've had a few with Buckland Reese, we've had Tommy Coyle's great fight, we had um, Croll and Murray. I can see Derry Matthews is about with Martin Gethin getting right in amongst them for fight of the year honours. Yes, yeah, how many of those have been at? Lightweight as well, you know, yeah. um, and, and it is, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic division um, and I think Matthews and Gethin, it's, to me their styles should collide and create very, very interesting fireworks. Um, Matthews, you've got to admire the way he keeps picking himself up from defeats and getting back involved. There's British titles on the line. Um, What's not to like really about this fight? Do you know what, we've got, there's, there's actually been some movement with Betway today. Um, Matthews is drifting as a favourite. He's, he's, he's gone from two to five to one to two. And there's been money on Gethin, who's gone in from 11 to four to three to two. Um, the draw has also come in at 25 to one. I mean, a lot of these fights are so closely matched that, that draw, I mean, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it right one of these days. Yeah. But, you know, you could see it, couldn't you? You absolutely can, and I can see why people are putting money on Gethin. I mean, um, he kind of stepped up to world class and was found out a little bit. Um, but, you know, Matthews coming off the loss to Stephen Ormond, you can, you know, who, who like Gethin, is very, very busy, perhaps Ormond slightly more polished. Um, but, you can make, but you can make strong arguments can make strong arguments for both guys to win this fight and when that's the case it makes the fight all, all the more watchable. Yeah I think you're right I mean and you could put any any one of those guys in that whole sort of cluster um, in in with each other and you probably get great fights because there's some really good matches there in fact I've just been working on the rematch for preview for um, Buckland and Reese, and I mean, what a mouth-watering that fight! A fight that is. Yeah, yeah. Reese just announced that that's going to be his last fight, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, well, I spoke to Gary Lockett's trainer earlier, who sort of said said the same thing, and we got some we got words from Reese yesterday, who, who told us that yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it makes you think. Well, if he's got one arm retirement, does he still have that hunger? Uh, but it also makes you think. Well, if he thinks if he's digging deep, he thinks you know I've got four four or five more rounds of this, then I'm out then that could be you know, just yeah. enough to carry him over the finish line. Yeah, I think, I think my, my first instinct when fighters say that is it's not a good sign, 
But the most recent example of a fighter saying that, even though he went back on it, was Curtis Woodhouse, and he turned in the performance of his life. Yeah. You know, for a few weeks after that, he was convinced that it had been his last fight. And don't forget, the majority of people, you know, boxing press and what have you, had Reese winning that first yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's, it's just got, there's, got not, there's not really going to be anything in it again. I think you, you could probably call it now, so it'll be a couple of points either way. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be plenty of fireworks, though, because they've both got heart. And Well, in fact, Gary Lockett's words earlier, they've both got balls, they've both got heart. So couldn't really put it any more succinctly <laughs> yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, so what else are you working on at the moment, then? Um, on the website at the moment, actually, Heroes and Villains is just as we are speaking, as we record this, obviously, um, on the Thursday, has just gone um, has just gone live, and it's very much around Floyd Mayweather this week, um, but some interesting questions in there. Do you know what? There is one interesting one. Yeah. Let me just butt in there. And I, you know what we talked about getting in touch with people on the on the on Twitter and that earlier. I'd like to put one of the questions out there, given we've only got 140 characters to deal with on Twitter. Yeah. I would like to get people's responses to the final question. Oh, the five words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So okay. the five words. So if you guys answer the Mayweather-Pacquiao question, the five words, then. I will come up with some kind of Mayweather surprise for the best five words and we will announce a winner next week. A surprise or prize? Well, so you're not, not going to start going, you're not going to start listing your highlights from numbers three to ten next week, are you? You know what, that's, that, that would be a treat, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be a treat for you all. Um, no, okay, I'll, okay, I'll, let, You've pinned me down because I was avoiding giving anything away, but you made me give something away. Okay. There will be a prize for the one that we decide is the best one. Okay. So a prize for the best answer, five words for the Mayweather-Pacquiao question in this week's Heroes and Villains. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, on that happy note, um, that's us done for this week. Uh, we will be back for the moment part two next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it should be myself and Matt here. I've got another two weeks here, then I'm off again. Um, and uh, greatly looking forward to it. So um, many thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll be back at a similar time next week uh, with or ready to announce a winner to the Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao competition. Thanks a lot for tuning in, guys. We'll be back soon.